Will Bryson Barnes, Nate Johnson, or someone else win the quarterback two battle in spring ball? And the latest on Camp Rising's health, an update from Coach Whittingham. We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Youths. You are Locked On Youths, your daily podcast on the Utah Youths. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more. Visit FanDuel.com today to get started. My name is JT, which is still former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're talking all things quarterback. Spring ball is inching closer and closer, so time to dive into what is the most important position. And what a perfect time to be looking and previewing the quarterbacks because a friend of the show, Josh Furlong, recently had a sit-down with Coach If you guys want to hear everything they talked about in that, make sure you head over to KSL.com where Josh does a great job breaking everything down over there. And it's a really fascinating story to read. But we're going to talk about everything that pertains to the quarterbacks today because that's the biggest thing. But once again, make sure you guys head over to KSL.com and check out this article from Josh Furlong to learn more about the situation. So first thing we talk about the quarterbacks everyone wants to know, right, is yes, the quarterback tube job is going to define spring ball just like it did last year. Although this year it's more important because – Cam's availability for the Florida game is still up in the air. He's supposed to be back sooner than that. In fact, in the sit-down, this is a quote from the piece that Josh Furlong wrote, Whittingham said rising is on schedule for a return to the field around the time Utah will open its fall camp, but there is still a lot of time between now and then to gain a better understanding of how rising will respond once he gets his brace off and works through physical therapy. This is a coach quote from Coach Witt inside the piece. Well, we don't want to rush him. There's there's a chance that's going to happen, Winningham said. We're going to listen to our medical people and do exactly as they prescribe. It's not a situation where he's going to be ruled out for the Florida game. Like I think he's saying like right now or very soon. Or With the way Coach Witt operates, we could have absolutely no idea. I mean, we're going to be able to tell as fall camp rolls around and we get that media availability, whether Cam Rising was practicing or not, because more than likely there he's going to have to come out and speak to the media or do something in that regard. He's going to be obviously highly requested. So it'll be interesting to see how the Utah athletic department kind of balances that. But um, like I said, just interesting to look at the situation. And in that situation, he said, it's um, like I said, he's not going to be ruled out for the, for the Florida game, but he very, we may know before then if he's going to play or not, just based on the availability we get come fall camp, but we won't know for a while. So either way, so cam, a big question mark heading into fall camp. And that's why spring ball becomes so important now because the guys who are going to do the backups to him get even more reps. Now I will say the first guy that comes to mind is Bryson Barnes is quarterback too. I think simply because he won the job last year, he's back again. I think he's the guy that really benefits. I mean, I'm sure spring ball will can help him solidify that job once again, as he has to fight for it again. But I mean, at the same time, I just don't feel like we're going to see a big difference from Bryson Barnes than what we haven't seen yet. I think Bryson is a very good backup quarterback who can win you games in the Pac-12 regular season, as we saw against Washington State. But then you saw when he gets in against a team like Penn State, and yes, he had one really good drive against Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. I'm not taking anything away from him. That's why 
Cam is the kind of quarterback that can put a team on its back and win you a game, right? Let's look back on the USC game. There's not many quarterbacks that could have done what Cam Rising did. And yeah, it helps having Dalton Kincaid out there, but Cam was sensational in that one. Bryson is not that kind of quarterback. Bryson can be a piece of a team. He can't be the key cog that drives it home. And basically, like I said, he can't put the team on his back. So we know Bryson is a very good backup quarterback and still an option. But there's a couple other guys on this Utah roster that make a lot of sense for the quarterback two job. And I think the first one you have to start with is Nate Johnson. Nate was as electric as you can be in the limited snaps we saw from him. We saw what made him a high recruit and such so dynamic of a quarterback. Yeah, we can get to see him throw a lot. He threw one pass, and it was a, a nice little easy trick play to get Logan Kendall a touchdown. One of my more favorite under-the-radar plays from from last season was that touchdown that uh that he threw to Logan because I, I just love seeing a guy like Logan Kendall who's such a physical uh blocker be able to get in the end zone. Um something we'll talk about later this week, by the way. Uh Mickey Sukaturanga, he's going to be switching to tight end after staying at uh after playing on D end and a little bit of D tackle even last year for Utah against USC when they worked him inside a little bit. So um yeah it looks like they really want him to move it over there. Feel like that'll help the team give him an extra kind of really physical blocker on that side of the ball. So Interesting piece we'll definitely be talking more about when we preview our tight ends and the defensive line over the next two weeks here on Locked On Use as the spring ball inches closer and closer. But going back to Nate Johnson, I mean, just I think the the first the two touchdowns he had um, on I think he had three carries overall. One of them was first down and then the other two were touchdowns. Um, in the first time we ever saw him on the field, like he is just an, a sensational athlete. When you talk about the quickness, the speed, that ability to make those quick, dis, quick cuts that he's got like great footwork too. I mean, he's what more can you want in a quarterback when from your quarterback in terms of their rushing ability? Now I understand he did not throw a lot and that's where I think, because we said one pass, but that's where spring ball comes in, right? There's all these reps and all these opportunities to be had in practice where I think he can really benefit from. So I'm really excited to see more Nate Johnson. He's still the guy that I think should win the job just because of the abilities and the different dynamics he's going to end up bringing to this offense. But it's like I said, time will tell. It's going to be interesting. My money's on Nate Johnson, but there's two other guys who I think will have a chance to upset Bryson because we know Nate and Bryson are going to be kind of the headliners of this, but there's a couple under the radar guys lurking in the waiting kind of. There's also Brandon Rose and freshman Mac Howard who just enrolled. Look, it's really hard to do it as a freshman to come in and beat out all these guys who have been here for a little bit. So I just, I'm not really giving Mac much of a shot to win quarterback too. I just have a hard time seeing how he's able to beat out Bryson. Um, Brandon, I know some people really like Brandon. I think Brandon is very good too, but I just think when you have a special talent at the quarterback position, like a Nate Johnson, that's where I think it's just really hard to not get him on the field. And that's why in the end, I still think Nate is going to be this guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Nate starts the first game against Florida, even the first couple games, because as we said, we just don't know with Cam's health and we're not going to know because for a, for a very long time, because coach, Witt's going to hold it close to the vest. We'll see how much he kind of reveal is forced to reveal when fall camp ends up rolling around and everything. But I, I, like I said, I really like Nate for this. And I know Bryson's done a lot of really good things. I already talked about him helping us win the Washington state game last year, but that was a team win. We don't look back on that game and go, man, look at what Bryson Barnes did put in, like I said, didn't put the team on his back. It was the defense stepped up, really held the Washington state offense in check. Um, the rush rushing game was pretty effective. I think that was one of Jaquindon Jackson's like first really good games. And uh, I remember Jalen Glover played pretty well in that one too. The offensive line did a good job. It was a team win that game. And I think that, look, I don't know if Nate is the guy who can put the team on his back either. But as I said, I just, I know Bryson's not, 
And I think Nate has the chance to be that kind of a player. And I'd like to see him out there and look back on something like the Rose Bowl, where you see the whole reason Utah was in that first half is because of Cam's ability to escape pressure. That's something Bryson can't do. Nate is going to be able to escape pressure. He's one of the fastest players on this team. Uh, one of the faster ones in the Pac-12, honestly, and just in terms of 40 time speed, I have to believe with the, how quick he can, with how fast he is. So I just, I'm a huge Nate Johnson fan. It's something I've discussed before on this show. And he's the guy I give the edge to when it comes to the quarterback spring ball. And in the end, I, I think he's going to be quarterback too. Look, maybe Bryson holds on to it and I wouldn't be surprised, but I just, that's very vanilla to me. That's kind of playing it safe. And I think Nate is a chance to really be special. And I think what Nate, the flashes that Nate could show will art have last year, they already have a super excited. We just got like the tiniest taste, like the Costco um, little samplers we got. Basically, I would like to at least get, um, something like, you know, when restaurants do that for a limited time only, that would kind of be like if Nate starts, let's say like the first three games, that's what it would be. Be Nate Johnson for a limited time. And then he would be back by popular demand the following season when Cam goes on to the NFL, then it would be Nate Johnson's job. Absolutely. So I'm really hoping that's how this all plays out. Or, I mean, well, I guess I'm also the dream scenario is Cam's just healthy and ready to go week one. Right. But based on the quotes and everything we heard from coach Wade in that piece with Josh Furlong, Seems hard to believe. So we'll have to watch and keep an interesting eye on the quarterback battle, but it's quarterbacks. It drives everything around football. It's going to always going to be fascinating to see. And it'll be very interesting to see the quotes and everything. The ones from coach Witt are always the, the most interesting to see. Cause he'll always talk about who surprises. I can, I just art can already see him saying, uh, Oh, Nate Johnson's been an early surprise for us. Like he's been, or just he's guys made a lot of strides. Um, he looks really good out there. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it all plays out in terms of the quarterback battle this spring. We're going to look back and talk about how the quarterbacks last year played, that being Cam Rising and the little bit we saw of Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus, bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can buy everything from the money line to the points scored to threes drained, and you can add so many other exclusive bets like a two-for-three. That's two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Coming back into this one now, as we said, let's take a look at how the quarterbacks graded out last year. We did the running backs yesterday. I gave him a B, a very, very solid B. Like I said, it's kind of bouncing out, right? Like you get um, McCop. I think you get someone in Quinton Jackson, surprised everyone. Then you look at someone like Tavion, a disappointment overall in the season. And yes, like we said, there's a lot of circumstances there. But like if you just told us going into the season, Tavion would rush for under 700 yards. Everyone would tell you that's a disappointment. And then you get someone like Makai, who when he was healthy was really good, but then battled injuries all year long. So I feel like that's why the B was very fair. So how are we going to grade the quarterbacks? Well, 
let's start with the guy, Cam Rising, right? Cam got off to a rough start in the Florida game. Um, had a couple of really strong moments, a couple of really nice throws to Brant Keithy, but of course came up short when Utah really needed him to make a play. He drove them all the way down the field and then just had that final interception that really sunk the Utes chances and really hurt him in that one. Um, then you look after that, of course, you get games like against Southern Utah, um, San Diego State, and and he looked good. And, you know, kind of things continued to roll and be good from there. Oregon State was good. Nothing outstanding, though, because we heard so much about how explosive the offense was going to be. And that just kind of ended up being fall camp talk, basically. That'll be something to be mindful of this year around, too. I think the offense will still have ex- maybe some, like, 30-yard plays or just some, like, some bigger plays, but I don't think by any means this offense is going to be one of the most explosive in the Pac-12 because that's just not how Andy Ludwig and Kyle Whittingham like to run things. And Cam Rising is not the kind of quarterback, too, that has this just massive cannon for an arm. He can make nice throws, but he doesn't have a howitzer for an arm. We know that. So Cam obviously didn't have a great – he was he was okay against UCLA, I should say. But I think he had the couple costly turnovers. He had one interception, but and then late in the game had a fumble. By then the game was out of reach. I put that more on the defense. Um, And then when you're talking about camp season, I mean, you get to the USC game. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, one of the best games a quarterback has ever played wearing a Utah helmet. Just sensational stuff from Cam. It was Cam and Dalton that probably still keep USC defensive backs up at night with the plays Cam was able to make. And then his two-point conversion is one of the most iconic moments I've seen inside Rice-Eccles Stadium. I'll never forget being on the sideline for that, hearing the roar of that stadium as he powered his way into the end zone. Truly sensational, remarkable. And I mean, he was unbelievable in that game once again just a true performance that makes you go that's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in college football which I do believe Cam Rising is that I don't think he's one of the best NFL draft prospects which is why I'm glad he's back for another year but I think he's one of the best college quarterbacks and one of the guys I trust in those big moments then from there he got hurt in the USC game so we didn't see him against Washington State that's when Mr. Bryson Barnes ended up coming in and Bryson did a really good job holding down the fort I might have had one turnover in that game it's escaped me off the top of my head now but either way did a really good job running the offense um got the utah got utah in the positions they needed to be d mr thrower too sure but in the end of the day he helped utah get a win that's what's most important cam came back for the arizona and stanford game didn't quite look like himself but utah didn't need him to utah was such a vastly superior squad to those two teams that allowed cam to rest up and get healthy and that's what we thought he was and i believe he said he was i don't remember what percentage he was i mean he was wasn't too far off from 100 like he was definitely over 50 but I mean, I guess it's a big barrage, but either way, we thought Cam was like 85% or something going to the Oregon game. And look, the or- like I said, the USC game is the best game that Cam Rising's ever played as a use. The Oregon game <laughs> of last season up in Eugene was the worst game he's ever played. Three interceptions, a couple of them just backbreakers where he's just trying to force something up to Dalton. I think of the fourth down when Dalton was wide open in the flat, and he just threw it right at his feet to just – Things that just crush your team that just can't happen in those kind of situations and those big moments. And it really hurt Utah in that game when they did. So that's one when I look back on it, it was like, oh, such a, a disappointing game and then the way it played out for Utah. And then, you know, from there, it felt like Utah's season was was pretty much over, honestly, um, not long after that. In fact, it might have been the, week, the next week uh, that Utah took on Colorado. And look, took care of business, obviously, against Colorado. And then it's like, well, we need a lot of help to get into the Pac-12 championship game. And guess what? That help came, and Utah got the Pac-12 championship game. And what did Cam do? Well, 
you could argue Cam's three best games of his career. I might throw the Rose Bowl in there against Ohio State before he got hurt over his first performance against USC. The first one back in 2021 was that was really his just his coming out party to me. And he, look, he was really good in that game too. But I look back at the like I said, the Rose Bowl going up and down the field with a guy like CJ Stroud. I thought that was incredible. The first USC game, and then the second one too. I mean, usually went down 17 to three. And Cam of the offense didn't blink. He had some unbelievable drives where he got everyone involved from Thomas Yasmin or Thomas Yasmin, excuse me, um, Makai Bernard, Dalton Kincaid, Vele, Money Parks. And that third and 19, he threw to Parks. And yeah, that was more probably bad defense than anything else. But give credit to Cam for making the throw and making the play. Things like getting drilled by a USC, um, I can't remember if it's a DB or a linebacker now, and like literally his head flies off, his helmet flies off. I mean, it looked like his head fly off at one point. And then he just bounces right back up and he's like, all right, I'm ready. The next snap, let's go. Those are the kind of things that you got to love about Cam Rising, just truly an elite leader at the quarterback position. A guy who'll do everything he can to will his team to victory. And he was trying to do that in the Rose Bowl before he got knocked out of the game. A great first half by him, tie game 14-14. And the only reason it was even tied was because Cam Rising was out there to me because of the plays he was making, avoiding pressure, using his legs to move the chains, also throwing some big-time balls. Yasmin caught a touchdown, uh, making some catch, throwing it up and give his playmakers a chance like Devon Vele. So overall, the season for Cam, I know he struggled in the Oregon game, and I know that there were a couple injuries or different up-and-down points on the season, but at the end of the day, Utah never would have been in a position to win a Pac-12 championship. They wouldn't have gotten there, and they wouldn't have even been in the game without him. So I'm not going to give him an A+, but I am going to give him a solid A. I think Cam was sensational. And I, when you look at what Bryson did, I'd still give Bryson a B plus. I mean, I think some of the expectations for Bryson when he came in, everyone was getting all mad at him. It's because they were just making him out to be something he's not. There's a reason he was a walk-on for this Utah football team. It's because he's not able to do some of those certain things that a guy like Cam Rising who ended up at Texas can. And for Nate Johnson's first year, um, I mean, for the way he was used, I guess, uh, we'll go A plus, I think, as an overall quarterback just because he only threw one pass. Maybe we'll, well, I'll just say this for what Nate Johnson was asked to do. I'd give him an A plus. He executed it nearly perfectly, even caught a pass in the Big 12 championship game. So Nate was flawless last season, just in terms of what they asked him to do. So overall, I feel like an A is a fair grade for the quarterbacks. Obviously that's driven by Cam rising in the season that he had, but man, what a fun year. And it's just so great that, look, we don't know if it's going to be in the first game as we were talking about in the first segment, but Cam is going to be back to lead this Utah football team. He's going to have another elite tight end with him with Brant Keithy coming back. The guy, who, as much I thought going into last year that Dalton Kincaid would lead this team in receiving yards, he ended up doing that. That wouldn't have happened based on the first game we saw from Brant Keithy more than likely. Brant probably would have led Utah in receiving yards from the tight end position. So something fun to see and monitor for this season. But yeah, overall, like I said, I got to go with an A for the quarterbacks in this one. We're going to come back in a moment and talk about the Utah men's basketball team, which is heading off to Pac-12 tournament play. They'll be the seventh seed in the tournament, and they're going to take on the Stanford Cardinal in the first round coming up on Wednesday, which is today by the time you guys are listening to us. I'm recording it on Tuesday. But before we dive in and break down that matchup, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. UCCU is opening a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate. UCCU is giving away a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Vineyard is one of the fastest growing cities in the state. The new branch offers all the benefits of a UCCU branch, multiple driver planes, 24-hour ATM, and UCCU's brand new interactive telemachines, or ITMs for short, which provide all the benefits of meeting with a real UCCU professional, either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection to a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So celebrate the new Vineyard UCCU branch and it'll win a 2023 Kawasaki Terry Times 4 UTV. Winners will 
be announced in April, just in time for summer fun. Stop by UCCU's new branch in Vineyard, conveniently located next to the Megaplex Theaters and Top Golf, or enter at uccu.com. You don't even have to be a member at UCCU to enter, and there is no purchase necessary. UCCU, love where you bank. So to close this one out, talk about some Utah men's basketball who's going to have a chance to do some things in the Pac-12 tournament. Look, there's a reason they're the higher seed in the favor against Stanford. They split the season series one and one overall, but the Cardinal, it's kind of weird whenever a team, by the way, wins. Utah won at Stanford, then Stanford won at Utah. I always think that's just kind of funny because obviously you're supposed to win. You're supposed to be able to defend home court more effectively as Utah did a good job overall in the season doing that. They finished the year 12 and five at the Huntsman. But I, I think it's going to be a fun game. And look, the winner of this is a very tough path because after they'll have to take on Arizona. But hey, we already beat Arizona. So sign me up for, for the challenge in that one. But um, for this game for Utah, as I said, I think the biggest thing that the Utes have to be mindful of and careful of is just playing their game. I think sometimes they get in a position where Brandon Carlson really tries to force things, tries to make plays, tries to be the guy. I think if they really play together as a team and the other thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to shoot the ball well, right? Cause this is Utah team that struggled all year long. Let's look and see what did Utah do the first time they took on Stanford. So Brandon Carlson had a really good game. He had 18. Gabe had 10. Marco had 10. It was nice to see Gabe back last week. I should add by the way, but he just, you know, still getting in a rhythm a little bit and we'll see what version of Raleigh and Gabe we end up getting in this one. Uh, Lazar Stefanovic, was sensational, had 20 points overall, six to seven from the field, three for three from the three from three point range. He came off the bench. I would expect him to continue to start just because it doesn't seem like Gabe is a hundred percent. So I mean Utah had got off to a great start in that first first half. They won the first half 30 to 23. And they actually barely lost the second 41 to 43. But overall still a really strong game by Utah. The other thing Utah did a great job defensively was they did a good job playing aggressive and tenacious defense. Cause look, you look at the turnovers and Utah had a lot of turnovers in this one, but they still did a good job staying aggressive on defense, not giving up. And they still have five steals overall. So still, still a good number for Utah in that one. And then you look at the second game, which is actually the first, uh, it was the first home game or the second home game, excuse me, that I went to on the season. And, you could tell Utah just didn't really just was one of those nights for Utah where they just couldn't get the stops and couldn't get the baskets they needed to late in the game. And it was unfortunate the, the way it played out. Cause you look back on that one, that was kind of one of those losses that made it to where look, barring Utah winning the NCAA tournament, they're going to end up in the, in the NIT. Like it's just, I don't, I think even if they made the ch- look, I can say, okay, slim chance if they beat Arizona, um, beat some other big teams and then get to the Pac-12, maybe the slimmest of chances they squeeze in, but it, it's going to be tough. Um, I mentioned Stefanovic having 20 the first time. He also had 26 against them in that second game. That was his first time starting because um, this was the first game after Gabe Madsen had really gotten hurt. So Utah had to kind of scramble. Utah did got almost nothing from their bench, a total of six points. Um, and not well efficient shooting it all from the bench. The bench overall was a two for 11 in, in this one. So, but thankfully the bench has improved a lot and uh, look with Gabe and with Marco or no, excuse me, not Marco, but with Gabe Madsen probably coming off the bench now, I think they'll, it'll, they'll remain that way too. So it was a very tight game against Stanford, but you could tell just Stanford kind of was able to just hold on late and secure the win. But I got to be honest, I'm feeling good about Utah right now. I think that this is a game they're going to come into. They're going to come in aggressive and ready to go. And 
I think the coach Smith's going to get a win. Look, Stanford is a talented team. They're pretty long, lengthy, but I think Brandon Carlson's going to be able to impose his will a little bit on the inside. And he, I mean, he's had over 18, or excuse me, in the first game, he'd be at 16. But um, either way, he's had over 15 in both games against him. We know what a good job he does getting to the free throw line. When this Utah team moves the ball, they have Raleigh Wooster back running the point. I think that helps everyone. Like Marco was one of seven against Colorado. I don't expect him to shoot like that with Raleigh Wooster in running the show. And especially when Raleigh's out, Marco has to do more of the things as a point guard. So, I'm excited to see what this Utah team can do. And they have a chance to, like I said, at least get a win in the Pac-12 tournament, which if you look back at the start of the season where, once again, Utah was picked 10th. They were nearly 5th. If a couple things had gone their way a little differently late in the season, maybe if they're healthy, they get that win at Colorado. And, I, yes, I know Raleigh in game play. They're not 100%. But that's college basketball, right? You have to battle and figure out a way to fight through the injury. So either way, Utah was close to being even higher. Um, I said, I think before the season, I predicted Utah to be six. So, and I felt like I was being really too high on them. And for them to only be seventh makes me feel pretty good about that prediction overall, honestly. So it's going to be fun to see what they can do. And I'd be a great, nice step in the Craig Smith um, era, basically in the right direction of year one, you know, you just kind of weren't able to really figure things out, but you know, had some of your guys back getting a flow and then year two now, you won 17 games and you're going to have a chance now to go in and get a win in the Pac-12 tournament and possibly get some NIT wins as well. So it's going to be fun to see if this Utah team can do it and start to build on some special things. Um, you guys listen to Monday's show, heard me talk about how my brother who plays on Northern Arizona basketball, they were the ninth seed and they beat the one seed Eastern Washington in their tournament in, in the big sky tournament, which is why I'm still here in this remote background. So just a reminder, any, anything can happen in March as, uh, as you guys should know, because then you get crazy things like my brother's teammate, Oakland Fort drilling an insane three at the buzzer. So that's what I love about March is the madness. And I think the Utes are going to have a chance to add a little bit of madness into the Pac-12 tournament. Thank you guys for listening to Locked on Utes. Once again, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out Locked on College Basketball. I was just talking about all the madness of March. And there's no better place to get caught up on all things college basketball than the Locked on College Basketball podcast, where host Andy Patton and Isaac Shade break down everything on the hardwood. They have great experts, insiders, guests that come on, players, coaches to great time I had all around so make sure you guys head over and listen to it on your podcast feed or on youtube and thank you again for tuning in this episode of locked on youths we'll be back tomorrow but until then have a great day and go youths